Welcome to Alderman Farms Radio. This is a podcast where we'll be uploading the audio from our weekly live YouTube shows as part of the Homestead Network. For more information, you can check out thehomesteadnetwork.com for a list of channels and showtimes, and we hope you'll join us on our Alderman Farms YouTube channel. Thanks for dropping in. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody. Howdy. Welcome to Alderman Farms Live. Um, we've got some several clips of our previous week queued up, and so uh, we're using Wirecast now uh, for our streaming software, and it's a little bit more complicated. It's probably not, but when you learn using OBS and then you have to switch, uh, certain things are very intuitive in OBS that aren't very intuitive in Wirecast. Some things were, are simpler in Wirecast than they were in OBS, so hang on with us. I've got several sound sources. I'm trying to make sure the right ones are gone, and oh my goodness, but we'll get there. All right. And I, and I don't have a clue what he's talking about, so I'm just, yes, yeah, she, I'm just waiting until he tells me to talk. We have to, Patty has got to spend some time uh, learning how to do this, so. I have you, baby. Yeah. Well, we've had a good couple of weeks. Um yes. Let me see. I need to learn. This is one thing I need to learn how to do to get rid of. We had a good couple of weeks. Lots of folks really enjoyed Patty's sourdough bread making series. Um, I think it went over well. Yeah, I think I think everybody was. And, you know, I feel like it accomplished what I really wanted to accomplish. That I wanted people to be able to see and almost feel like they could feel what I was talking about, about the dough. You know, uh the elasticity of the dough how do you explain that without showing somebody and so i was really pleased that uh we were able to do that and i think people really got it yeah i think they did and uh i haven't told patty this yet but i think we probably need to redo it because (laughs) eventually maybe start from scratch because the first let's see there were 10 videos it was eight days 10 videos and the first six days or something like that we were using obs so we had that bad problem with the audio and video not oh, syncing yeah. properly um and now that we've got the the wirecast up and running uh we think anyway you can tell us in in the comments that um we think the audio and the video is now synced properly um well what when, what we've seen has been anyway yeah we, well, hopefully tonight's the same way yeah, we, we were told because uh, Mike and Tara over at Living on a Dime had been using Wirecast for a while, and I noticed that their syncing was always spot on, and, and mm-hmm. they said once they moved over to Wirecast, it, it was perfect. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, we're just rambling on. We told you, we, we, I posted a video a couple of days ago and said we would spend the first part of this show answering any pressing sourdough bread questions and we ask you to email those questions to us at bread at aldermanfarms.net. And we did get some questions, so I'm going to turn it over to Patty, and she's going to answer the questions that we got via email. Um, and uh, Callie asked me this. She said um, she's mixing by hand, and um, when she tests the elasticity of the dough after all the flour is added, 
um, and she is kneading it, it tears instead of stretching. Does that mean it needs more kneading? It can mean it needs more kneading, but you may be adding the flour too fast. Maybe try adding it a little bit slower. And also, um, sometimes you may not need all of the flour. So that's just another thing you've got to, uh, to, to watch. Uh, if it's dry right now where you're at, it may be that you don't need quite the amount of flour that the recipe calls for. So anywhere within a half a cup less, half a cup more, you know, you're gonna be okay with the recipe. Um, and I believe, yes, I believe, uh, she said, uh, also she said, will it ever get the same elasticity as in like mixing with the stand mixer? And I think yes, um, because, uh, you know, it, may, it takes a little longer, of course, to mix by hand or, or to uh, knead it by hand, but I think, yes, you will get the same good elasticity as the uh, stand mixer. And also, she makes a comment, she said, who needs a gym membership when you, when, <laughs> when you need bread? So, and that's the truth, because and uh, one video that I did when I was making the uh, 24 loaves or 12 loaves for the farmer's market, you can hear me huffing and puffing because it is just, it is a it's an upper body workout. So yeah, you do that <laughs> so enough, true. you end up with forearms that look like Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> yeah, the same the same with milking. You know, you get that good muscle. Anyway, next question she says uh, is with the overnight rise. Do you have to use Saran wrap? Or can she use the plastic lid that came with her large Rubbermaid plastic bowl? And by all means, use the lid. Um, it's just you need a good covering. It doesn't have to be like 100% airtight. Uh, my, you know, the Saran wrap it doesn't stick, you know, 100% airtight, and so it's not. You do want it to be protected from the air mostly, but it doesn't have to be 100% airtight, which the the lid probably is pretty airtight. And so yes, by all means, use the lid. <clears throat> um, and she also uh, mentioned she forgot to add salt to her first batch, and so she's remaking it. And I cannot, I, can, I gotta tell you, I have done that before. I have forgotten the salt, I have forgotten the oil, and I have realized it before, you know, I baked it. It was like before, I, right when I was fixing to let it start rising, and I actually took the time and, and uh, I, I, try, I mixed it back in, and it actually turned out. So, uh, anyway, so don't feel like the Lone Ranger there. I have forgotten that. And actually, when we were making, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember when, uh, it, it was during this year, sometime I was recording something about sourdough, and I think it was for the farmer's market, the sourdough. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, it was one that I add yeast to, and I think I needed three or four tablespoons of yeast, and I was talking and dumping yeast, and I thought, ooh, I think that was it, and it wasn't. I was one shy, but it didn't make a difference. It still rose, but maybe not quite as high as it normally would have, so, you know, <clears throat> it just happens sometimes. Um, here's a question, another question. It says, I've made my first batch. How long do I need to feed my starter before I can make another batch? Well, you don't want to ever put, deplete your starter down to nothing, or even like less than, say, a fourth of a cup or a half a cup, because then you're gonna have to go through the souring process again. So, um, you know, when you make your bread, hopefully you've left yourself a half a cup to a cup of starter, and then feed it, and when you get enough to make another batch of bread, make another batch of bread, because once it gets soured and it's working good, it should stay working good, so. Whenever you, is that all of them that you've got? Because we've got a few that have come up in here too. So just no, I'm not quite done. But if you wanted to ask me a couple, 
well, I wasn't quite. Everybody, okay, well, several okay. people saying their starter smells like buttermilk. Mm, that's probably a good sign. That's well, to me, that's kind of sour smelling. So, um, here's one. What is the shelf life of a loaf? Plus, can you freeze them? Yeah, it, they freeze very good. Um, I prefer them toasted after they've been in the freezer, um, the bread. Um, but the shelf life is. Uh, well, I guess it depends on what kind of flour you're using because the fresher the flour, the quicker it's going to go bad. So I would say anywhere from three to five days that it should stay good. And then, of course, you can put it in the refrigerator. And then you always can, uh, you know, heat it up. You know, like I like it toasted. My favorite way to eat the bread is toasted with butter on it or toasted with mayonnaise and tomato. So that's my favorite way. Um, let's see... This is from Jan. She says, uh, she seems to remember me saying that the starter needs to double in size before it's really ready. Uh, but she wasn't sure she remembered me saying that, and she wanted to verify that. Um, she said if it's nice and sour and you have an inch or so of bubbles and hooch, the liquid stuff, um, on top, is it ready? And I would say yes, it is ready. I like to see it really active. Um, and, and honestly, a, a good inch on top, especially if you only have about two to three inches below it, I would say that's pretty active. Um, and so I would say, yes, that that's, it's ready. I would use it. Um, let's see. And she also said she would love some recipes uh, and ideas to use with the part of the sourdough starter that you discard, especially like when you're, when you're making a, a large batch of starter. Um, the way we had did it on the video series, um, if it soured quick enough, you didn't have to throw any out because you were still dealing with smaller volumes. But there, I know that there is a recipes out there to make pancakes and biscuits. Um, if you'll just Google that, I don't, I have, <clears throat> and I'll get Tommy to post that link. Um, I have some some saved on my computer, um, and I don't know how to do all that stuff. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'll get Tommy to uh, post the link, and it's got just tons. Uh, I mean, like even gingerbread. I don't know that it's necessarily with um, what you're going to throw out, which I guess it could be with that because like in gingerbread and stuff like that, you're using other mediums to raise the bread, like uh, bacon powder and bacon uh, soda and stuff like that. So I would imagine it could be used there. Um, you don't throw much out, though, do you? I don't because I deal, I deal with such volume, and I, I'll use my yeast, and when you use the yeast in there it gets it it sours quicker and it gets it working quicker so you know i don't typically throw it out and then when we started the einkorn i started with such a small volume and built it that i didn't have to throw any out and it did sour fairly quick which i use yeast in that too though i use a little bit of yeast in yeah. the einkorn so um also um she also wanted to know how the white starter bread turned out and taste and texture wise well I don't know, because nobody ate it. <laughs> Tommy was leaving. The reason I had to finish filming that and, and uh, send it to Tommy and have him put it up is because Tommy was going out of town. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't eat it, and Tommy was gone, so I just let it go to waste. It's going to... Uh, I still have it. I'm going to feed it to the animals, unless I can get Tommy to taste some on camera right now. I'll taste it. Where is it? <laughs> go get it. Kitty says her starter isn't bubbling much as much as it was on day two. She's on day four. Anything she should do? She, uh, 
just watch it, Kitty. Sometimes it, it could uh, it it may need more feeding. So you know you might want to check that and see if you need to feed it more. Is it pretty ripe? It smells fine to me. It just didn't rise. It just is terrible. Yeah, it's pretty oh, show thick. The, show the show the inside of it. It's pretty dense. This is But it does have air bubbles though. I'm kind of impressed with the air bubbles. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, it's dense. I mean I'm I mean, this I'm squeezing bag is it. Heavy. <laughs> the bag is heavy. So I I would like this for for breakfast probably. You know, Redhead Homestead, he calls those biscuits. Oh, you're taking a big bite. Mm-hmm. It's got a good flavor. Good. It's a little dry. I don't know if dry is not the right word because it almost well, yeah, does but have... I mean, heck, it's old, though. What's this green stuff? <laughs> it's not I'm that I'm kidding. Old. There's no green stuff. <laughs> you took a big bite of that. You have all time swallowing it. It's good. I'm going to tell you. All right, here we go. This is real. I like the flavor. It, it has for... Can you explain to me why it has almost a mayonnaise flavor to it? it smells like mayonnaise to me. It smells like mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. Yeah. He'll he'll eat it. <laughs> I'll eat that. <laughs> okay, here's a question from Jan. Um, is it okay to use bread flour to make the loaf or is that overkill? No, that's perfectly fine to use bread flour. Aunt Dossie used bread flour, the lady that I learned uh, how to uh, make the bread from. That's what she used and she swore by it. Um, actually, the uh, flour that I was using that I was not none too impressed with with making my starter, that uh, and I'll um, it 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 was bread flour, and I just I really thought I had picked up the wrong flour, and I got to looking at it after the series was over, and I saw how terrible the bread did, and it's it is bread flour, so you know I um. I actually, I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess I did this after the series was over, but I, I realized in how nice and soured my iron corn starter was, I went ahead and made me a new white starter for the farmer's market because I realized that the one I had been using and that I had been putting the bread flour in, it just wasn't soured like the iron corn flour. So I took some iron corn starter and I mixed it in with the, uh, my new white flour, I bought some Pillsbury flour and I made me a new uh, white starter with a little einkorn starter in it to get it going with some yeast and I was much more pleased with my bread for the market so it was in my last market <clears throat> uh, which was Friday and so I was able to finish with some beautiful loaves of bread so <clears throat> okay <clears throat> excuse me she also asked <clears throat> um, do you discard, discard the excess starter before or after you feed it I would say um, before you feed it, I would discard any extra because that's the problem when you get such a large volume of starter, say you're dealing with a whole quart of starter and you're only feeding it like a half a cup, which I guess that would be enough to feed a quart, but um, <clears throat> it, it's going to eat up what you feed it so fast. And so that's why you want to discard a little bit of it and where you won't have to feed it as often and your starter won't grow so big before you're ready to use it, before it's soured enough, before it's active enough. So, um, and she said, if you're giving it to someone else, I assume you give it 
<clears throat> dormant from the fridge so it doesn't die but how much can you give well it just depends on you know you don't want to deplete your starter i'm sorry i keep i keep touching the table <clears throat> you can tell i use my hands to talk so yeah let me let me let me just say something about that we got to we got to figure up a figure out a better arrangement for our microphone you see every now and then i pick up this thing and put it in my ear and i'm listening and it dawned on me that every time we touch the table it's you hear boom Boom. I'm fixing. I know you're probably listening, can hear all kind of noise, but here's our microphone and it's just sitting on the table. And so every time we even brush the table, it, it sounds like, you know, a cave troll has hit the door or something. <laughs> and that would so, be me. I'm no, sorry. No, she's, <laughs> no. My wife is not a cave troll. <laughs> well, no, but, that's me. No, that's me making the noise. But we're going to have, we're going to have to get a mic thing, you know, that, that is up, suspended up in the air. So yeah. it's not touching anything i didn't realize that's what i was doing i thought i was shaking the camera when i would touch the table i thought that's uh -uh. why you kept touching my hands <laughs> anyway so um you know i wouldn't want you wouldn't want to deplete your starter i think i said this a while ago uh any less than like a half a cup to a cup uh when you're feeding it um because then you're going to have to go through the souring stage again the idea of keeping uh some is that it's already soured and it's going to make uh what you add, feed it sour too for you to better use it so and i mean you'd want to give your friends like about a cup a cup of starter and it would be good if you took that cup away put it in the refrigerator let it get cold because you're going to want to transport it or give it to them well you could do it in a ziploc bag but um you know you don't want it to start getting active and get warm uh while it's in transport because you know it does build up the gases you're not supposed to put a tight lid on it you know, unless it's in the refrigerator. So just remember that um, when you're sharing your starter with people. Um, all right, here is somebody that says that they had used uh, einkorn wheat, uh, sour, the, the einkorn wheat to make the sourdough bread and was not pleased with the results. Um, so the starter was bubbly and had a good smell um, and the dough rose really good. And when she put it in the pans to rise, it did not rise very much. She's doing a new starter with bread flour. That's Roy and Faye, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, Roy and Faye. Um, anyway, I have noticed that with the einkorn flour, too. And I honestly was wondering if maybe, um, just try doing a one rise. Because I was very pleased at how much the einkorn flour rose the first time the second time i let it sit for seven hours and i was pleased with the rising that i got from it judging by what i've seen in the past so you know um but i know not everybody has seven hours to wait for it to rise but i was just wondering what would happen if you baked it on the first rise because it does get so nice and fluffy but of course that's usually a 12-hour rise overnight too so you know, you know, you could do an experiment with that. But from my experience with dealing with whole wheat, wheat flours, not white flour, not flour with, with the bran removed, that's, you know, bran, brown flour, that it does not rise as well as white flour. You know, and one thing that you might could do is if you can eat white flour is to mix, mix the two and, and see how that goes <clears throat> for you. But I uh, know that the, the, the einkorn flour, I was hoping it'd be a little different because it's not so dark, but um, it just don't, it doesn't rise like white flour does. And plus you're dealing, what? 
You caught yourself. That's great. I'm being every, careful. Every time she, she's got these sheeted questions, and every time she puts one to the back, she takes the paper and goes, boom, on the table. I do. And that time, she put them all back there, and she went, uh, and caught herself and didn't do Did it. Did it on so. my leg. So. <laughs> okay, now here is, all right, Tommy, how do you, uh, let's see. Let's see. This is from Sherry and Arthur. Yep. Um... Oh, I'm glad Sherry and Arthur, this is a comment that came on one of the videos, and we've also had it asked here, Ava, Ava Kinsey. By the way, Ava, let me know that if you got your cookbook, um, but Ava Kinsey's asked the same thing. Patty, how did the einkorn wheat bread treat your stomach? Yeah, that's what I was, that's what, and that's what uh, Sherry and Arthur was asking too. She said she's got an aunt that she would like to suggest it to. Well, I was kind of a glutton for gluten that day. I, uh, for the camera, I broke a roll open of the einkorn and um, showed y'all the inside of it and everything and how nice it was. Well, what I didn't show is when I got through and when I was doing something else, while I was baking the other bread, I buttered that roll up quite quick and <laughs> ate it, and it was so good. Well, I could feel a little something in my stomach. No big deal, you know. I probably hadn't eaten anything that day or something, but anyway, um, what I was really waiting for was to have a tomato sandwich on those rolls. And so that was the next thing that I did um, once I got through baking the other loaves of bread and the rolls had cooled off. Um, I cut two open and put me some mayonnaise and put me some tomato on there and I sat down to eat them. And I got one down and boy, my stomach was hurting. It felt like uh, it just got full of air all of a sudden in my stomach. And I was bound and determined and I sat there and I ate the second one too. And I went and I had to go get in the recliner all afternoon. I had a stomach ache. <laughs> so, you know, had I just eaten the one, I'd have probably been okay. Yeah, so we don't know if it was the gluten or the gluttony. Oh, the gluttony. The gluttony that uh, caused the no, problem. No, I mean, they're small. No, it was just like eating a sandwich or a sandwich and a yeah. half. You know, it wasn't that. It was the bread. But anyway, the next day I had, uh, had some hamburger patties made out of our pork. And they had kind of turned out a little small, and I ate a hamburger on one, and uh, I could feel my stomach. I did not have near the reaction I did the day before because I only ate one. I was good, but um, I could still feel the difference. And I, honestly, I had, you know, two or three days. I woke up one time. They say uh, wheat is a uh, it causes it can cause inflammation, and I woke up one night like from here up, and my hands just really swollen and hurting. Um, not not extreme, uh, but it it happened, and I just had like two or three days where I just didn't feel real good. And when I had eaten some bread before, made it with the einkorn, that that's the way I felt. I just didn't really feel good. I didn't feel awful, but I didn't feel good. And um, with the the stomach issues, you know, I'd be real careful. So you know, I have I, I I'll probably still I've got my starter in the refrigerator, and I'll still make some bread occasionally when I just get so hungry, you know, where I want a hamburger with a bun. Uh, I'll probably do it, but I'll stay. I'm I'm gonna continue to experiment with my gluten free. You know, I, I allow her to eat other things. I don't think she meant when she 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 she'll bake when she gets hungry enough. She means no. when she, when when she has bread. a craving enough. Yeah, when I want when I want the bread so bad. So yeah. anyway, is there any more on here? Cause we yeah, there's a couple. To... I did okay. see uh, just a quick shout out. I did see on that same page a comment from 
uh, our faithful viewer C. Manina yeah. that I cannot still reply to uh, on the comments thread. So if you're watching this, I posted a video for you today uh, where uh, based on another viewer, Therese Phelps, who I also couldn't reply to, she figured it out. Mm -hmm. And so I posted a video for you, C. Manina, explaining what she said she did so i'm curious to see if it works mm -hmm. yeah um and and, and just the, the kind comments and, and the appreciation y'all y'all have shown has just been overwhelming and i just really really appreciate yeah. that the, the confirmation the affirmation that y'all have given that that we've done something good and we've done something helpful and we're glad we're glad that's what we wanted to do this this must be so. kind of what how justin bieber feels you know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i hope not all right. Let's see. Uh, Family Roots Farm asks, what are the measurements for feeding it when you switch to a larger jar? Well, um, if, if I were to go past a quart for sure, and I said we were doing we were doing a fourth of a cup and we never got out of the quart jar. A fourth of flour, fourth of water, and eighth of sugar. And so um, I remember the last feeding I did on the iron corn, my bubbles got to the top. It was time to move to a, a bigger jar. And honestly, when you probably get to like three quarters of the way into your quart jar, you probably ought to switch over to half a cup feedings, half a cup flour, half a cup water, um, fourth of a cup sugar, unless you wanted to go to two a day feedings. You know, you could always stay with the smaller feedings and feed it more often. I, I would rather just do it once a day. Um, the, the normal feeding is a cup of flour, a cup of water, half a cup of sugar but you kind of gay you kind of watch your starter and you see how when it works itself out when it's when it when it quits growing um you can tell that it, it needs more feeding um with mine uh i don't have it in the big jar now i've went ahead and reduced from my from my farmer's market my white one i've put it down into a quart jar but i'll have a half a gallon of starter going because i'll need about a half a gallon to make bread and so that half a gallon, I'll feed two cups of flour, two cups of water, and what would that be? A cup of sugar, you know, to keep that good and active. So, you know, it just, just it depends, you know, on your volume and just kind of gauge it. Um, you could overfeed it. Like if you just had a little half a cup of starter and you put a cup of flour, a cup of water, and, you know, you're going to overwhelm it and you're going to take the sourness away and stuff like that. So, you know, just kind of, I guess, kind of play with it, really. How did the uh, tortilla bread come out? I was pleased with it, except that uh, I won't let it rise like that again. I might let it rise a little bit, uh, but I won't let it rise like I did the bread because what happened, and I didn't cover it, um, which I don't cover my bread when it rises, but I didn't cover it. Um, and I found it dried out really quick, like around the edges, even after I put it in the paper bag, that uh, they were kind of crunchy around the edges. So I won't do it just like that again. I'll make it. Um, I'm moving the mic. People are it's saying not it's me. not loud enough. It's yeah, not so. me. I'll try and talk up. I, I'm looking at the gauges. The the, uh, the monitors don't look right. And it's again, go back to what I said at the very beginning. I, I, it's something about the uh, I've just messed up with the settings so i hope that's better um, um and and another thing i would be curious to know if people would are interested in the in the, uh in learning more about gluten-free bread too yeah i ate it <laughs> and i enjoyed it i told you i liked it i ate it they're laughing at me for uh deep south said it must be good tommy's 
Still eating it eating right it. there on camera. Yeah, they, I, I ate every crumb yeah, too. Yeah, they ate it with no butter or anything. <laughs> there ain't no ants around here, pal. They they they'd be going hungry. Um, let's see, guys. If we miss something, um, everybody is just so full of commentary. If you if we miss something, email us. You can email us at uh, Tommy or Patty. That's Patty with an I at AldermanFarms.net. Uh, let's see. And We Tree is the We Tree Bonsai is just a guru uh i need to make uh, we tree i can't do it on my ipad but i need to make you a moderator along with deep south because you are just rocking it uh reminding everybody to repeat their questions my goodness patty have you tried rye flour um from my research rye has uh gluten in it and because i i like pumpernickel and i think pumpernickel has rye in it and um so but uh, <clears throat> i haven't uh tried it since i went gluten-free all right but uh, i like it but i don't know that i'd want that i wouldn't want that bread all the time either that taste last question and then we'll we're going to move on because we only wanted to do about 15 minutes of this but we've done a half an hour but it's okay it's good stuff we want we want to do what you want us to do to a certain degree we want to get what in what we want to say too uh <laughs> but uh and now i've lost it hang on oh give me a second they're just pumping them out kitty says can you just do a quarter cup of everything including the sugar to feed it i don't see why not you're going to make a sweeter bread <clears throat> because you're going to do a sweeter starter but kitty i mean it's not an exact science you know use your quarter cup of flour just gauge it eyeball it and get half of that and put your sugar and then fill that quarter cup up of water and dump it in if you you know if you want it eased like that you know just you know i say play with it it's yeah, not i don't you know, i really don't think it's gonna hurt it yeah it's not it's gonna be sweeter right and feel free to to mess around with it. I mean, worst thing happen you throw something away if it if it's just horrible right, right. Or, or give it to the dog so uh <laughs> and, and, somebody you know, said that that there's flopped and they gave it to the dog so yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, we are going to do uh, a video series on the cinnamon rolls, uh, oh, a yeah. live Yeah, we have to thing. do that. We're going to do that. Uh, our schedule's a little messed up <laughs> for the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. um, to, so we can't commit to a, a daily live series, yeah. which cinnamon rolls would only take a couple of days anyway, Yeah, right? well, because I, I really want to show you how I do it. It can, just, it can be done in a day. No big deal. You do use yeast with them. I guess you could not use the yeast if you didn't want to. Um, but the way I do my cinnamon rolls is I make them up and I freeze them. And then I take them out of the freezer at 9 o'clock at night. I let them rise all night and I bake them in the morning. So that's why it'll be a two-day series with us because I really want you to see the difference uh, in them on the, on the video. I have done them to where uh, you, I just ra rose them and baked them that day, and they just do not get, they get huge when you let them rise overnight yeah. like that. It's something about freezing them and then thawed out, and they're just, it really... We'll do it as soon as we can because Patty's like every every day, all day. She's like, I'm ready to go live again. I, I've got to be live with my people. Oh, you're so full of <laughs> No, she's not really, but she has gotten – she did a great job, I think. And uh, she, she's becoming a natural in, in front of the camera. So um, if we didn't get your bread question, uh, I don't think we missed any. But, um, you know, email us again at bread at aldermanfarms.net or comment on this video when it's published to YouTube. Um, we had – this was such – we were so pleased. If you, you probably are aware that a couple of – three weeks ago – actually, it was three weeks ago to the day, yesterday, 
Um, that, that video didn't start where I wanted it to. Let me try this again. Well, I don't know why it's doing that, but anyway, um, our turkey that, our, our midget white turkey that had its leg <laughs> broken, uh, stepped on by a pig or a goat in the barn, and um, yeah, I know, but it, no, it, I'm asking, is that what's on there? That this is what, yeah, this mm -hmm. is what's. Excuse me, a little behind the scenes stuff. This is what's live right here. Mm -hmm. This is a preview, and uh, now it's starting over. That's where I wanted it to. So, if you've been watching our, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, so we put a video, a kind of a crude video, mm -hmm. up about how we bandaged that, and you just saw in the video right there. Uh, and this is just a clip. This video in full is also on the YouTube channel. Uh, with uh, vet wrap and actually paper towel, yeah, paper towel, masking tape, popsicle sticks—not popsicle sticks, but craft sticks. Craft sticks, yeah. Uh, as a splint, and um, we put her in a cage and had her um, uh, isolated for, th and it was three weeks to the day yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, we took her out, and she's fine. She it healed up. There was no floppiness in the leg. It was very firm. And so we were, we were extremely pleased with that. Um, she was a little bit wobbly. Yeah, well, yeah, it was like balance. But that cage she was in was not; it wasn't totally flat. Yeah. You know, and she was used to having to use her wings to balance herself a little bit. And then with the leg being hurt too, it was so. an old, it was an old brooder, yeah. homemade brooder <clears throat> pin up off the ground with uh, what do you call it? Hardware cloth. Hardware cloth. Yeah. In the bottom. Uh, and so and it just it, weren't the one that it was stable, but it didn't feel stable to her, you know. Yeah. So. And uh, so I checked on her this morning and uh, she's doing fine. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is we had expanded the area in the garden mm -hmm. where the Delawares and the Midget Whites mm -hmm. could be. So they weren't in a tight quarters anymore. Yeah. And the, the, the big, our big fear was, will they accept her back? Yeah. And, Cause I mean, they pick on, you know, one that's sick or weak or something like that, you know? So, yeah. So, and they, they, it was like, she was invisible. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they, yeah. they never even looked. So I, that was a huge, yay. yay. We I, I wish I had a, an applause track. I, I need to figure out how to get an applause track. That'd be great. <laughs> an applause track and a rim shot. But we'll figure that out. Uh, let's see. Okay. Patty wanted to, and let me go ahead and say this at the beginning because we've got less than 30 minutes left. Um, if you've got questions that we don't cover about the farmer's market in this next 25 minutes or so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you can send those to us at, yeah. uh, at, at any of these. You know, if you put any word in front of at aldermanfarms.net, it'll get to us. So question, info, don't put nothing ugly because I'll make it go to the spam folder. <laughs> but uh, if we don't cover it and you've got ugly. questions about how to get started at your local farmer's market, how to start a local farmer's market, mm -hmm. Uh, you can send those to us, and, and if we get enough questions, uh, we'll do another another show yeah. talking about those specifics. Yeah, we've just had a few a few viewers ask a few questions about, you know, the farmer's market and, and, and everything and what we do and stuff like that. And I am the market manager now of our farmer's market, and so, um, you know, I, I, I've learned a little bit about the workings of it and everything, and I did start going to the market the first year it opened. I, I missed the first market, I believe, but uh, I was there at this either the second or the third market. Uh, I got involved with it and everything, and I ended up being the secretary for the market, and I was the secretary, I guess, for 
I guess I'm still the secretary, actually. <laughs> I don't know, because we haven't voted a new secretary in. Secretary and the manager. Yeah, and so... Um, I, She's like I, a I dictator. Actually, I, oh, <laughs> I actually um, helped um, with the, as the market manager a few years ago, because the current the market manager actually had uh, some heart problems. And so then this past year, he decided that he would resign. And so this is my first year as an acting market manager. But uh, I started going to the market. That's a that's some beautiful flowers that no, was at the market. No, not yet. Oh, not. not yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. There they are. There they are. But anyway, I just <laughs> I have a, a a few of our slides. This is the master gardeners that uh, come to the market. Uh, they they sell plants very cheaply, and that's just you know that they help people out and fill up space and everything. Um, this is just some different ideas. You'll see things that's not necessarily garden related. This is our table right there that's up there. Um, with the, so we Oh, I forgot to add cinnamon rolls to the list. But, you know, there's a variety of things that you can do at the market before you have vegetables or even if you don't intend on bringing vegetables. Um, I, you know, I, I started with the bread. I started with a, a four-foot card table. And now I, I'll end up with two eight-foot tables full of breads and, you know, different bread vegetables that uh, we have that I can bring. I, I don't always have vegetables, but I always have bread. Um, and so I, you know, I do, of course I do my sourdough bread and I do cinnamon sourdough, regular sourdough, sourdough rolls. I do French bread, which we're going to do a video series, uh, video on the French bread. Um, I also do dip mixes, which is something that, um, is unique that no one else does at our market. And I do three different dip mixes. One is Fiesta, one is ranch and one is, uh, oh, I'm blank. Oh, bacon. And uh, bacon, by far, is our best seller. How could you forget bacon? <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, that's just some of the things that I do. And I also sell our eggs. Uh, selling eggs is relatively easy at our market. You do have to have some certifications and everything. But, you know, it's very possible. And we, you've got to follow the rules. We have rules and regulations. We're a certified market, so we have our own rules. Plus, we have to go by the certified market rules. Um, Funny story about eggs. When we first started trying to sell eggs, <laughs> you know, we... You know, one of our problems, and we may have mentioned this before, one of our problems in pricing our products is we, we kind of have this mental barrier over, over what we would pay, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and, and we just can't get it around, our heads wrapped around the fact that people are willing to pay for quality. We're, we're getting better at that. Well, and it's, it's, not, that, it's not that we want to charge out the ceiling. No. I, want, I want to be able to make money. I don't want, I'm not doing it for the fun of it. Um, I want to be able to make a profit. But, you know, I want to be reasonably priced, too. You know, I want to pay for my feed. My chickens are paying their way now. But we're making $4 a dozen, which I know some of you people will say, oh, my gosh, that's so cheap. Yeah. You know, I had a hard time getting 250 a dozen. That's what time. I was going to say. We, you know, we, we, so. we started at 250 and we couldn't sell any. You know, yeah. we would sell one or two here or there. Yeah. And now at $4, we don't have enough chickens. Yeah. You know, we're all, we always sell out of our eggs. Yeah, and the heat has really affected them and the dryness, I think, this summer. And so... You know, uh, I've not, I don't think, I didn't sell any last week or the week before, but I've promised my customers we do keep an a ongoing email list that I will email them when we start getting our eggs again. Yes, so, Jan, she does put icing on her cinnamon rolls for the market. Yes, I do. Um, 
Uh, it's just powdered sugar, and we need to get the ingredient list out for that for the yeah. uh, cinnamon rolls. Well, when we when sure we do that. the thing, well, we'll we're just a week out from it. Probably we can or get two. it done or two, maybe okay. two. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, I also make Aunt Dossie's egg custards, and I do uh, brownies for the market too. Um, I also will do croutons. That's a nice thing about if you do have the bread left over, um, and. Uh, one somebody that said that they the bread didn't turn out great that they were going to make croutons highly seasoned croutons oh the one who was it that i uh, forgot the salt callie i think anyway she's going to make very well seasoned croutons and see that's the that's the beauty of bringing the breads is that i can uh, do croutons with it and bring it back to the market uh, if the croutons don't sell i can put it in the freezer and feed it to my family and i do give it away a lot too just as little gifts or whatever but uh but this year honestly i've kind of gotten it figured out of how much to make for the market so i typically don't have bread left over i just i think one or two markets i had a few loaves left and uh my mom's in the nursing home right now and i brought it up there and blessed them with some bread so uh that's what i do there mother of many horses mm-hmm. i get what you're saying about she said four dollars a dozen would be too much for her to pay i get that and it depends on where you yeah. are because um you know, we we went to when was that? Two years ago or three now? That two. We went, we two went years ago, we went to Portland to visit our mm-hmm. oldest son, yeah. and went to their big one of their huge farmers markets. Mm-hmm. They were seven dollars a dozen there. Uh, that we saw them as cheap as six, but in Baton Rouge, they're six or seven dollars a dozen. That's two hours from here. You in know? Jackson, I think they're getting. Uh, five or yeah or more yeah and that's just you know that's that's not yeah so it's all about where you're where you're located well and it's about education too with your customers um and knowing what they're getting you know um if i can't get four dollars a dozen for my eggs it's not worth it to me to sell eggs i'm not making a dollar a dozen on my eggs my chickens are paying for their feed or you know so you know and i've got to consider the labor and the time and everything we put into it so it you know i'll just grow eggs for me and that's that's that was my decision with bringing the vegetables to the market i'm going to charge what i charge if you want to buy it that's good and that's fine but if not i my daughters would like to have it or it can go in my freezer we'll eat it (laughs) yeah because it's got value to it to me and if it doesn't have that value to you that's fine if you can go home and grow it you know it doesn't have you know you're not going to want to pay pay me for it but people that can't grow it and want a quality organic vegetable you know they're more willing to pay it so wait a minute hey mandy uh the from clinton you oh, hey, Mandy. Say, hey, Mandy. Yeah, the, we still haven't been fishing there, but we're going. That's the one, huh? No, that's oh. that, no, that's oh. from Byram. Oh. But uh, sorry, Mandy, I've yeah. never met y'all. Also, y'all kind of confuse everybody. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> sorry. She wanted to know what time the market opened Friday. Well, bad sorry. news. It's over. Come Tuesday. It's open 3 to 6. That's our last market for the year. Well, I say that. We're going to have a Thanksgiving market the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And if the farmers were to plant, you know, enough stuff for the fall, we would have a fall market. But I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, um, we uh, will be open from 3 to 6 in the Amtrak station. In the aero conditioning. Yes, air conditioning. So um, some other ideas, um, I don't know that I had any, uh, Tommy had any on the clips, but, you know, a lot of people grow herbs and everything, Mm -hmm. and that's something that's not uh, brought to the market much. I've had good success in my herbs. In fact, early on, I was selling dill and parsley. Um, I sold a lot of basil last year. Um, You know, that's not going to be enough to keep you at the market, but it's enough to, to... 
to add a little extra to it. And, and pe- more and more people are using herbs. I hadn't, uh, one of the things I can't figure out with this is how to make that lower third thing only be there when I want it to be there. So just ignore it. Mm-hmm. It's too much trouble to delete it and then go add it again. So I'm just going to leave it while this clip plays. Anyway, um, another thing that people do is canned vegetables, um, and they charge a lot for them, and, and it's worth it because I can. I still haven't figured it's worth it to me if, to do it and bring it to the market and sell it. I put it, I keep it off <laughs> what I can, but um, you know they're charging six and seven dollars for a pint of uh, vegetables and jelly and stuff like that. So you know if you have the time to be able to do it, and I'm gonna tell you this, I have there's a widow lady that comes to our market that she's very sweet. Well, we have we have three different vendors that do canned food and they obviously uh, are doing well with it or they wouldn't keep coming but um this this lady that's a widow you know some you have vegetables left over from the market sometimes and you, you just can't help it especially when the tomatoes are really coming in strong and people have had their fill of tomatoes well you know people will bless her with boxes of uh, vegetables and everything and so you know that's a benefit to her and you know we all have relationships at the market and i come uh, i come home with more stuff than i bring sometimes because i'll trade it or i'll buy it and it's just it's just like a family at the market and it's just it's just a great atmosphere another idea for the, uh, getting started at the market um, is you could buy fresh vegetables and dehydrate them and bring dehydrated vegetables you know because that that would be a value-added item we have a cookie lady this year that has done very well she just brings cookies and she has I think like two or three different kind of cookies and I didn't know how well she was going to do because she don't have a huge variety but she makes good cookies and she gives samples. And samples is a key to um, getting people to buy your products at the market. That's one thing I do is I give samples um, with our dip mix that I make. I always make up some dip mix and I bring it. And I say always. I don't always. Sometimes I just don't get around to it or I forget it or I don't have my pretzels to dip or whatever. And I don't sell as many dips mixes as I do when I have my samples out because people like to taste it. They like to see that it's good. Yeah. So I think that's very important. Another thing we've done this year, we've had live music before, and I just thought about it as Tommy and I was talking about this um, um, program. program, Is that, um, you know, I said, I want to mention Ralph, uh, this man that he called, uh, well, he got in touch with Rebecca, the uh, county extension agent she's the one that actually started the farmer's market um and wanting to know what he had to do to be able to come to the farmer's market to play and you know we're you know it's like well you know we really don't have the money budgeted in this year to be able to pay anybody it's like oh no it's not for pay i want to you know i just want to come and so he was like well sure and i'm gonna tell you what he he has just got the best voice and he is just so sweet and he has he he came uh the market before last and we just thanked him so much and he got a couple of gigs out of it and he put out his little tip bucket i don't know how i didn't ask him how much he made but you know i told tommy i said that's like a vendor in itself you know uh he is and so he he showed interest in wanting to come back to the market and we're like oh i was like yes please come back and he's very very good yes he is excellent he is he is a professional yeah he's He's a a professional. professional Anyway, so he came back to the market this past Friday, and I had one of my customers text me and say, is the music man back? And I was like, yes. She goes, I'm bringing the crew. 
And so she came, she came and stayed. I'm talking about Patty. She came and stayed for hours with her husband, you know, to listen, listening, listening and shopping around and everything. So it creates a great atmosphere. And, uh, he said it's rare for, you know, so the message is if you, if you, if you play, yeah. Go to your farmer's market and offer to Volunteer. set up. Volunteer, yeah. Because he said, uh, and you may have said this because I was thinking about something, mm-hmm. so forgive me if it's a repeat, but he said rarely does he go to a farmer's market and play that he doesn't pick up a paid gig yeah. as a result of it. Well, he picked up two the first Friday, and I didn't ask him about last Friday, but I know he did really good in tips. So uh, two people took his card at least yes, last that's Friday. that's right, that's right, that's you know, right. So... So, I mean, you know, and, and I was talking to Rebecca, our extension agent, um, and, and we were talking about, you know, we're going to have Ralph back uh, next year, of course, but um, we're talking about maybe trying to spotlight some of our local talent. And, you know, and, and hopefully that will be bring different people to our market uh, also that, that they may be coming to see them because that's one thing that uh, we need to increase uh, our customer base. We need we need to grow. We know, need to grow vendor wise and customer wise. So anyway, so that's just different things we're looking at. Um, also, um, you know, you have to check with your rules and regulations. Um, we've mentioned before that we cannot bring our pastured pork to the market because we do not have a refrigerated vehicle. But we do have someone that does bring uh, pork and beef to the market legally. Um, she has, you know, the uh, the right way to transport and everything um we also have tnr dairy that brings cheese and milk to the market um so there's there's a wide variety of things that are at our market and uh, it just um you know the dairy brings customers you know the vegetable people bring customers you know uh you know so it's like we're all working together so it's really it's really yeah the dairy vendor the dairy vendor sometimes we have more than one but a lot of times their regular customers will come pick up Mm -hmm. from them at the market which is huge because they're going to shop for other stuff while they're there they pick up other things Mm -hmm. so and honestly with our way we did our uh email list i was able to go talk with the garden club this year before the season ever started (laughs) and uh it was just a huge blessing to get to go there it helped us grow our email list and some of the some of the people that uh were there were not regulars at the farmer's market and we picked up a few new customers just from uh me going to speak at the garden club and them starting to buy stuff from us getting on our email list and also you know there's you know just different ways to grow your customer base and that's that's how we have grown our customer base uh, especially from the market, from the farmer's market itself. Yeah. You know, I've made, I've made very good friends, too, from uh, people at the farmer's oh, market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just people that are just we do reuse our, to us. We do uh, reuse our um, egg Maybe cartons one. when, you know, mm-hmm. obviously every now and then you're going to get one that's yucky or after it's been used so many, recycled yeah, so many times. Yeah, I just didn't want to that was torn. And sometimes people, when they crack their eggs and put it in the skillet, they put their shell back in the egg carton. Well, that drips on there, and you can't can't get that out. You can't so. get it out. It's like somebody, Ours NASA needs like, to use that for, like, gluing the space shuttle together. Yeah. Because Ours is like the cardboard kind, you know, that disintegrates or whatever. It's yeah. not the styrofoam. So, you know, there's no wiping it clean. So We have to have, you know, we're limited on our options uh, because there's certain information that's required to be on the egg carton right uh, it's like fda stuff and then but we but then there's other things that our information also has to be on the carton yeah. so we can't use styrofoam because it doesn't stamp well 
and uh, so forth yeah. and so on, you know. But From what I understand, there is a stamp that they make for the styrofoam or whatever, but um, I just like, I like the kind that we use. Yeah, and we, um, somebody mentioned that at their farmer's market, their egg vendors will will give like 25 cents off a dozen if somebody brings back the egg carton. Yeah, yeah. But our customers are pretty good about giving yeah, them, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they don't bring them back 100%. They probably bring them back better if I did give the 25 cents off. You know, so. Yeah, we treat. That's right. Uh, it said, don't forget the uh, social media, YouTube, Facebook, yeah. and Twitter. Yeah. That we we. That's how we spread the word, and we mm -hmm. are Alderman Farms everywhere. We're yeah. Alderman Farms on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So. Mm -hmm. Is he talking about the farmer's market or is he talking about us or both? Well, I, I don't know. It's both. just Patty, yeah. don't forget the media of YouTube, <clears throat> Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I think he was talking about us because talking about growing our customer base. Yeah, and Tommy's in charge of all of that. He'll say, you have YouTube questions you have to answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll go get on because, you know, he gets notified when we get stuff and I don't. Yeah. But um, another thing is our, our farmer's market this year, um, our opening day, I did better. Op we have Dairy Day the second Friday. Uh, that the market is open. It's always huge. That's our biggest market that we have. Well, this year opening day was just as big for me and I think for some of the other farmers yeah. too because we started with social media a few months out. Just not not a daily thing, but I did. A, I spotlighted a farmer. I went to his farm, showed pictures of his vegetables growing. I had intentions of going to, you know, the, the regular farmers to go into all their farms and doing it. I did not get it with me trying to get my garden in and everything else. I didn't get around to it, but I do intend on doing that. And I think it was Facebook that, that yeah, made absolutely. opening day so huge. Uh, Family Roots Farm, how do you find out your regulations? I would start with your county agent. Yeah. Uh, county agent will, uh, depending on, you know, the, the quality of your county agent, uh, he or she may have all the answers, but if yeah. they don't, I uh, I can almost guarantee they will know where what direction right yeah. to whom they yeah. can send you. Yeah, and see the certified market that we have is a state thing, and um, you might actually could get on like if you live in Mississippi, uh, type in oh I know you could in Mississippi, but type in certified farmers market in Mississippi. You might could do that in Georgia or Texas or wherever, and maybe get some information on the internet like that too. Right, and and in Deep South makes another good. Uh, recommendation to look up cottage laws for your state yeah. so there so again you could type in georgia cottage laws i know for a but, fact georgia has them because yeah. they were ahead of us yeah they were ahead of us and margie yeah, yeah was baking in her kitchen yeah so um, go ahead I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Yep. Ten-minute warning. It's probably not. No, no, no. Six-minute warning now to Big Family Homestead. Oh, yes, yes. That's right. Don't forget, we're not on an island here. We're part of the Homestead that's Network. Right. And you need to go to the homesteadnetwork.com, and there's actually a channel lineup that that's shows right. you uh, who's on home. air and what yep. time they're on air and, and so forth. So make sure you, you go over to uh, Brad and Krista's channel at Big Family Homestead here in about six minutes or five minutes um right now i don't know somebody i can never mind we'll figure that out later okay uh what else patty um i just want to encourage you you know if you don't <clears throat> if you don't have any desire to be a vendor at the farmer's market that is fine it's been an extra income i i pay f uh we pay for all the feed <laughs> uh and into the winter some with our farmer's market um 
we get our we get extra things because of the farmer's market. We're going to be buying some more uh, of the fencing we like. So, you know, it's not something that actually uh, we make money at as far as like for me and Tommy or our house, but it does help our farm out. We, uh, we reinvest it back into our farm. And also, if, if you don't have any desire, attend your farmer's market. Even if you don't buy a whole lot, it's a community thing, and it just is a, it's just a great time, and you'll get to, to meet other people that are similar to you right. at the farmer's market. Um, let's see. Norma Mason wanted to know if our farmer's market include vendors who bring homespun, crocheted, or knitted items. Okay. We don't allow that. Uh, we originally wanted to have stuff like that Crafts. truly homemade stuff um but we started getting into stuff that was more flea markety type stuff and we just nothing wrong with flea markets no nothing wrong for the markets but we wanted to stay to a true farmer's market and so that's why you know we just we, there's no kind of crafts or anything allowed at our markets now and, and, and that's a tension that we go that the board goes through every year yeah. because we understand that that there could be a benefit to it because yeah, the it, people who yeah. come to that for those type things might also want to buy a loaf of bread or whatever. Right, right. But the but the difficulty is wanting to you know putting in safeguards to where it truly is and more of an artesian type thing. Artesian you know, not, type stuff, yeah. You know, not uh, a, a talent. You know, not not buying this kit. Uh, I mean, somebody had bought a kit and did melt and pour soap. There's nothing wrong with melt and pour soap. Pour soap. If that's what you want to make, that's fine. But that's not really a homemade thing. But you know? check with your market because lots that's of markets right. do, lots of markets in Mississippi. Yeah, the have, Jackson Farmer's Market allows that. They kind of have a separate area for it. I think it's every weekend. The Baton Rouge Farmer's Market in Louisiana has uh, arts and crafts once a month. You know, And I had kind of thrown around that idea. I think that would be, you know... Not a bad thing to do, but you know, right now we don't do it at all. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna. The final comment will be uh, to thanks again, Deep South, for your. Oh, we do accept uh, credit and debit uh, at our booth at the market. Yeah. We we use Square, uh, mm -hmm. SquareUp.com. dot com. Mm -hmm. um, you may have seen the commercials, and uh, there are, there are all kind of options that you can use with your iPad or your iPhone to right, accept right. debit and credit. Mm -hmm. We've actually, uh, I don't think we had a chance to use it this year. We've no. got the new device yeah. that will actually accept Apple Pay and also will read a card, a credit card a with a chip in yeah. it. Yeah. And um, we're also, the market, is is the market EBT equipped? Not yet, but we, we're talking about doing that. We're just not sure because there's a lot of exchange of money and stuff like that that's going to have to go on. So I really don't know how that's going to work on. That's something we're going to, we have uh, our meetings about the market uh, throughout the, when it's not the growing season so we'll start ha we'll have a meeting to, to check and see how talk about how things went and how things uh, were what we can do to improve and then uh, Rebecca Bates our extension agent she'll have educational meetings for the farmers and for, for whoever wants to come uh, during the year and we'll have our little meetings you know yeah. during that time so well, thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for the great, kind comments. People yes. saying the uh, tunnels, they enjoy the show. It still just blows us away that anybody yeah. could give a flip about what we have to say. <laughs> and uh, we love you guys. It's just a, it, this it's is really so enjoyable. fun and it's yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. 
And so um, y'all go ahead and jump off and head over to yeah. Brad and Krista's because it's going to take me another hour and a half to figure out which switch stop button yeah. to push first. To really first. turn us off this time. Yeah, to really <laughs> turn it off and to make sure I don't turn it off before you before we say goodbye. Bye. Y'all have a good night. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. If you've got any questions or comments, be sure and shoot us an email to radio at aldermanfarms.net. And we hope you'll hop on our website, sign up for our newsletter, uh, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We're everywhere as Alderman Farms. We really encourage you to check out our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash user slash Alderman Farms, where you can find a playlist of the videos involved with every one of these live shows and somewhere north of 400 videos altogether of various topics. We appreciate it very much. See you next time.